Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. Father, once again we come to receive instruction from you. We ask God that you cause your word to be effectual in our life as we receive it. Bring us to the place of transformation and the place of honor and glory. In your name, in Jesus' name, amen. Alright, so we're still dealing with the issue of wisdom for living. This is part four. I try to make us understand that there are certain things that we are supposed not to do and supposed to do. To be able to cause life to speak well for us. Not just told us. And so it's important you, you follow some of these things that I'm really talking about. Now the first thing I want you to pick up is this. As much as you can manifest the gift of the Spirit, as good as that may be, God is more interested in your character. The fruit of the Spirit is more important to God than the gift of the Spirit. You are made in the image and likeness of God. The image and likeness of God is not the gift. The image and likeness of God is the character and the nature of God. So your restoration to that state where you manifest the very character of God is much more important to God than the manifesting of the gift of the Spirit, as the case may be. Praise God. And so some of these things we are dealing with, they are actually the character of God, the nature of God. The things that he intends you to walk with and to live by, to be able to exemplify his name upon the face of the earth. And men will see that of a truth. These ones are born of God. So it's important you pay close attention to what I'm dealing with, and then you take them to heart, to walk and to live by them. Amen? Hallelujah. Uh, let's start by reading um, this section. I'm going to be dealing with wisdom in speech. Uh, how do we speak? How ought we to speak to one another? Uh, wisdom in speech, and it's very important. You must understand that some people, their language is so raw, is so deadly, that when you listen to them, you may probably want to go commit suicide if they try to talk to you. Amen? And so God intends us to walk in the light of his own way and will. So we're dealing with wisdom in speech this morning. Proverbs 12 verse 18, the Bible says, There is that speaketh like the piercing of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is held. Now I want you to think about that. Hmm. There is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is held. Now that would mean there are some languages that you speak to people, they receive life. There is a way you communicate, you give life to your listeners, to your hearers. The tongue of the wise is held. So, what is your tongue like? How do you speak? Your words. How are they or do they encourage people? Maybe who are down, 
Maybe who are sick. Maybe who are in need of encouragement. How does your world encourage people? The tongue of the wise is health. That means if your tongue is not producing health, then you are not acting like a child of God or speaking like one who is wise. Praise the Lord. The A part of this passage is also very, very important. That we have people who are good at destroying other people with their tongues. We don't understand how powerful words are. I mentioned it the first time, I'm sure. You see, communism came into the world just because Karl Marx came up with a theory. And then men begin to hate God. And don't forget that Karl Marx, the father, was even a Christian. As a final part of the state, he was also a Christian, but he came to spoke to the father and said, the curtain has fallen. That means, you know the curtain in the most holy place, right? Good. Instead of opening, he said, the curtain has fallen. That means I'm shut out from the light of God. That's what Kaman said. And he came out with the issue of what you call communism today. China, all of those areas that don't believe in democracy or don't do anything outside of that. He came through words. Words that were written in paper. Praise the living God. You see, each one of you here sitting down now, you can destroy this church if you don't control your tongue. It's as powerful as that. The Bible said the words are piercing. That means they can pierce through the heart of people. They are like sword. Words are dangerous. A wise person must control what he or she says. Hallelujah. Are you there? Look at Psalm 64 verse 1. Hear my voice, O God, in my prayer. Preserve my life from the fear of the enemy. Hide me from the secret counsel of the wicked. From the insurrection of the workers of iniquity. Who wet their tongue like a sword. And bend their arrows or their bows to shoot their arrows. Even with bitter words. Now, you, you need to understand this. Who wet their tongue? You know what that means? Maybe you want to cut a tree. What do you do? You wet the matchet. You sharpen the side. It becomes very sharp. So they wet their tongue. That means they prepare their tongue for the destruction of other people by what they say. And David said, hide me from these people. You know exactly how dangerous it was, or it should be. That's why he said, hide me from these people. Who wet their tongues? You can't be part of such people in life. That all you do, sit down, but thinking about people and what you say to bring them down. Who wet their tongues like a sword to pierce the heart of people? Praise the Lord. Stabilize this plan. Amen. So the Bible says the arrows here they are bitter words, defamatory words, we defame people. They are like deadly poison. You see, you speak about people when they are not there to bring them down. You try to run down people for no reason sometimes. That's what we're saying. Those are the piercing words. You can literally destroy me without you doing anything to me physically. 
But you can ruin my reputation. That when people look at me, they see nothing good in my life. With your words. Are you following what I'm saying? And so many people are engaged in this kind of adventure, if I may use the word. You can't be a Christian and be involved in this kind of attitude. Praise the Lord. Are you listening? Go with me to Jeremiah chapter 9 verse 2. Oh, that I had in the wilderness a lodging place of wayfaring men, that I might leave my people and go from them, for they be all adulterers and assembly of treacherous men. And they bend their tongues like their bow for lies, but they are not valiant for the truth upon the earth, for they proceed from evil to evil, and they know not me, say the Lord. Take ye heed every one of his neighbor, and trust ye not in any brother. For every brother we utterly supplant, and every neighbor we walk with slanders. Praise God. And they will deceive every one of his neighbor, and will not speak the truth. They have taught their tongue to speak lies, and weary themselves to commit iniquity. Their inhabitants, I mean, the habitation is the midst of deceit. Through deceit, they refuse to know me, say the Lord. This is God talking through Jeremiah. And you see such things in the fellowships. You see such things in the churches. He said, trust not even your neighbor. Why is he saying that? Because where we find neighbors, which is not supposed to be, speaking against neighbor, defaming their neighbors, destroying their main brethren within the local assembly. That is lack of wisdom. In the true sense, is foolishness. Praise God. Are you listening? When you talk about your husband to other people, or your wife to other people. You are just being foolish. When you try to run down some people for envy or whatever. By the things you say. You are just being foolish. That's something you got to understand. That is not wisdom. That is not being a child of God. That is not being in the light of that which God is speaking to his people. You don't run down people for whatever thing they do. You don't run down people. And Jeremiah is saying, I wish I can hide from my people because this is what is going on. Remember, he was talking about the church. Praise the living God. Hallelujah. Proverbs 10 verse 18. He that hideth hatred will I lips. And he that uttereth what is slander is what? He's a fool. There's no wisdom. Proverbs 10, 18. He that hideth hatred with lying lips. You know what that means? You could be smiling on somebody. You could be just, you know, being friendly with somebody. But in your heart, you have hatred. Deception. And God says, such an individual is a fool. If somebody offends you and you are angry with the person, be open to the individual. Speak out. Don't be, oh, good morning. But in your heart, there is hatred. In your heart, there is bitterness. You have lying lips. Your good money is not good. You know yourself. And God knows exactly what's in your heart. The Bible says such individuals 
They are not wise. What are they? They are fools. Go altering slanders. You hear the individual. You can greet the person, but when you leave there, you say something else about that individual. You are just being a fool. And God said, you don't am not supposed to live that way. That is not nature of God. That is not the character of God. If you have hatred in your heart against anybody, speak up. Go to the individual and settle it. Don't have a lion lives while you have hatred in your heart. Don't go into slander, defaming, reducing, destroying people's character. And still claim to be wise. No, there's no wisdom there. That is just been foolish. Are we together? I'm, I'm trying to say, how do you speak to people? Because there's wisdom in speech. Praise the Lord. Look at Ecclesiastes 10 verse 12. Mm. Ecclesiastes 10 verse number 12. The words of a wise man's mouth are gracious. If you are a wise person, your words are gracious. One of the things that will make you or enable you to know he who is wise is the words that are coming out of his or her mouth. Does your words carry grace? For the, wise, the words of a wise man are what? They are gracious. But the lips of a fool will swallow him up. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The words of a wise man's mouth are gracious. And I want you to meditate on that. That when you're talking to people, try to find out how gracious are your words. When you're talking to people, when you're talking to your friend, whatever the case may be, how gracious are your words? Everything that proceeds from a wise man's mouth are gracious, orderly, decent, credible. Amen? And acceptable to the hearers. That's the key point. The thing that makes people, remember the first prayer we read, it's like, the wise man's words I heard. So when you speak to the edifying of your neighbor, you're carrying grace in your words. Hallelujah. We don't talk at random. As children of God. Remember when we started the series, we said, even silence is wisdom. How many of you remember that? We don't talk at random. You, you don't just talk at random. A true child of God doesn't speak anyhow. Hallelujah. Men who speak at random have no understanding and are not guided by principles. They are not guided by knowledge. They are not guided by principles, wisdom and knowledge. Men who speak at random. Where people like that, all they do is open their mouth at random and talk just whatever, whatever they feel like talking. That's lack of wisdom. And you create a lot of problems 
within the environment that you find yourself, whether amongst people, whether in the church, whether in the home, men who speak at random are not wise. Men whose words are not gracious are not wise. You need to check yourself how you talk. Among yourself, husband, wife, children, are your words. Hallelujah. Look at me, Luke chapter 4, verse 22. Bible says, I'll bear him witness. I wonder at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, it's not this Joseph's son. Gracious words were proceeding out of whose mouth? Jesus' mouth. Remember, the Bible says he grew in wisdom and in stature. And was in favor with God and with man. The words of Jesus were gracious. They were giving healing to people. They were giving life to people. They were giving courage to people. They gave strength to everyone that listened to them. Higher words. Praise the Lord. Are you following this? The words of a wise man are gracious. So if the words of Jesus were gracious, that means he was a wise man. Am I right? And you are supposed to be his disciple, isn't it? That means your words are supposed to be gracious. Anytime, anywhere. That is why, see, you don't speak too much when you're angry. Why? Because you find that the scripture says, Anger is found in the bosom of a fool. So what you produce when you're angry is foolishness. That is why you don't talk too much when you're angry. Because anger can only be found in the bosom of a fool. And the words of a wise man are gracious. And when you're angry, the things you say, they are not gracious. They don't carry grace. They don't identify your hearers. Listen, folks. What we are doing in gathering together is to please God and not to please man. We're letting instruction, taking instruction on how we can please God. Are you following me? Your destiny is tied to God. Your goal is God. And anything that will stop you from getting to the fullness of that which God has, you are supposed to go out of it. Your reward is getting back to God. If your tongue will make you, I will not have time to speak about that. You see, in Luke 16, you know the story of Lazarus and the rich man. How many of you remember that? Bible will also understand that the rich man cried and said, Send Lazarus to dip his finger to come and cool my tongue. You remember that? So, what led him there was his tongue. You, you can't understand that. What led him there was his tongue. If you read from the top, you understand that Jesus was speaking about covetousness. And the Bible said the Pharisees who were rich, they derided him, their tongue. And he said, Tell him to take a, I mean, finger of water and cool my tongue. 
If you truly have to understand scripture, think out of what there is not just, that's why people, when the people preach it, they say, it's hopeless to be in hell because you, I mean, the person requested for a finger of water, a dip of water. What is it supposed to mean? What he was saying is, get me back to right confession by the Holy Spirit. Finger of God is the Holy Spirit. If I cast a devil with the Spirit of God, with the finger of God, are you getting what I'm saying now? So he was trying to say, I rejected the Holy Spirit, therefore I said things that were not right. So for you to control your tongue, for you to calm your tongue, you need the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, it will lead you to the same situation that the rich man was. You destroy your life literally. Listen, when you're talking about people and everyone knows you talk about people, definitely you end up destroying your own self. Because people will know that that's the way he talks. That's the way he talks. You never see anything good about other people. If you are gossiping, people will know, oh, there she is. She's coming again. You take a name for yourself, unknown to you. Destroy your own image and reputation because of your lips. And so the rich man said, I need to cool my tongue, for it is tongue that brought me here. Can you see that? Hallelujah. But the words of Jesus were gracious, bold for the richness of his matter and the sweetness of those who were receiving those words from him. When Jesus speaks to you, you find joy in your spirit. You find happiness in your spirit. You get elevated. Your soul receives light when Jesus speaks to you. And we are supposed to be his disciples. Many we are supposed to say and speak exactly the way he did. But the question is, how do you speak? Hallelujah. You see, in Proverbs 31, for instance, verse 26, talking about the virtuous woman, I like this. The Bible says she opened her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of all kindness. Proverbs 31, verse 26. Now, how many of you remember? That this Proverb 31 was written by Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon. Did you get that? And I have told you before, why asked Solomon to ask for wisdom? Because there was this wisdom that was going through the entire family. For Ahithophel was an uncle to Bathsheba. And they live by wisdom. They know exactly what wisdom can do. So he told Solomon, seek wisdom. Get wisdom without I get to get understanding. So when God said, Solomon, what can I do for you? Say nothing but wisdom to be able to rule the people. Because the mother already told him. I've said it before. You mothers, what do you teach your children? What instruction do you give to your children about life? Praise the living God. Are you still there with me? A wise woman will open her mouth with wisdom and the tongue of such an individual is a law of kindness. Law of kindness. Not a law of destruction. This is a virtuous woman. Hallelujah. Mm. And so Proverbs 15 verse 2 it says, the tongue of the wise useth knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools pour it out what foolishness. <laughs> oh, glory. 
The tongue of the wise useth knowledge aright. But the mouth of fools poureth out all foolishness. So when you talk, we can know who you are. Are you done with me? I know this is not a very good topic. <laughs> Hallelujah. When you talk, we can know who you are. Either you are a fool or you are a wise person. Your tongue betrays you. The words coming out of your mouth betrays you. It gives all your real identity. Anytime you open your mouth, sometimes you need to check yourself. Have I acted foolishly or with wisdom? Just by the things you say. Hallelujah. Okay. Let me leave that. You know, many people don't deal with something else. But you need to understand what wisdom really is in terms of the speeches that you offer. Anytime, anywhere. For your speech, you either give you out of being wise or being foolish. When somebody is talking, you can say, that is foolishness. <laughs> I don't know if you're getting that. Even if they don't tell you, they'll say, let him finish what he's saying, let him go. Because your word have no substance. People that are listening to you, they know that you are just talking foolishness. And how can you live that kind of life? No, tell me. How can you, how can you ascribe such identity to yourself just with the words you speak? Let's look at a little bit of the home. Chaos in the home. When we have problems in the home, how do you handle it? What kind of words do you use? You see, when you look at Proverbs 28, verse number 4, I mean number 2, I would like to read this, but let me first read it from King James. He said, The transgression of a land, many are princes, there are but a man of understanding and knowledge. The state thereof shall be long. By men of understanding, the wisdom that they have, they'll prolong the state. In other words, when there is an issue, now let's go to, go to message translation. Let me show you. Message translation. No, no, no. I said verse number 2. 28-2. When a country is in chaos, everybody has a plan to fix it. But it takes a leader of real understanding to strengthen things out. When there is problem in your home, how do you resolve it? It takes a true leader, mother or father in the home to straighten things out. That's a matter of knowledge and wisdom. Hallelujah. Everybody feels they have an answer. <laughs> but it's not true. And you find out even in our country today, everybody thinks they have an answer. Praise God. Look at the next verse, if you will. Or you can leave that. Let's move on very quickly because of time. Go with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 13. Ecclesiastes 9, verse 13. Message translation. I just want to read something there. 9, 13. One three. 
He said, one day as I was observing how wisdom fares on this earth, I saw something that made me sit up and take notice. I was watching how wisdom works. I was observing the role wisdom is playing. I got to sit down and observe this. Look at the next thing. There was a small town with only a few people in it. A strong king came and mounted an attack, building trenches and attack posts around it. What was the next thing? There was a poor but wise man in that town whose wisdom saved the town, but he was promptly forgotten. Why? He was only a poor man after all. Did you get that? All the rich people in the city, they couldn't save the town. But a poor man with wisdom saved the town. In your home, when you have issues, it takes somebody with wisdom to save it. Your marriages, it takes wisdom to save it. Praise the living God. That is what people don't know. And Solomon said, I sat down to observe how wisdom plays out. And I find that, that is to say, it was not by arms, it was not by weapons, nor by strength that the city was saved. The city was saved because there was one man with what? Wisdom. Your marriages can be saved with wisdom. Your churches, whatever it is, can be established completely strong with wisdom. In leadership, in whatever group you find yourself, the only thing by which you can sustain that is wisdom. Praise the living God. I take a look and see that it was not by arms, do not be called up now, military might and powers, whatever. No, 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 that was not the only way. I find that one man saved that city, and that's the man that had wisdom. We have a saying in our place. Um, Uncle Francis will be able to tell me better. But it is said that. Do you understand that? Did you understand what I said? Okay. What it means is this. When you, you see a goat tied, you know, tethered onto a stick or whatever. You see, if you don't find a wise man in a home where a goat is about to deliver, it will deliver with the rope on his neck. But a wise person will know that this goat is about to deliver and then lose it. I don't know if I can that. Did you get it now? So, one way it takes wisdom to save this city it takes wisdom it's not mind, it's not strength it's not power I am saying this you can save your marriages you can save any situation with what? with wisdom not by power not by strength not by how many words you're going to be uttering. Not by going to talk to people about your situation. That is not going to solve the problem. 
Hallelujah. So, check your families and see what is going on. Your immediate family, your nuclear family, just check what is going on. It's wisdom playing out. See, wisdom demands that you don't always prove that you are right. Is that okay? When fire is about to explode, both of you, wisdom demands that somebody comes down at that moment to save the situation. That is why in Proverbs 24 verse 3, the Bible says, Through wisdom is a house builded, and by understanding it is established. Through wisdom is a house builded. Did you get that? Hallelujah. I said Proverbs 23. Verse 24 verse number 3. 24 verse number 3. Proverbs. Praise the living God. Are you following me? Did you get that? It takes wisdom to build a house. It takes wisdom to build a house. And understand it. To set it on a firm foundation. It takes wisdom. Not human wisdom, which is sensual, devilish. No, no, no. Wisdom from above is what I'm talking about. Let me end up this one today. We're just talking another aspect. I talked about speeches in terms of wisdom. I talked about building your homes in terms of wisdom. But let me say this, and that is why some of you may not even think it's important and that God is concerned about it. Go with me to Deuteronomy 20, 21 verse 20. This is overfeeding. <laughs> Are you there? And they say unto the elders, what have you done? And they shall say unto the elders of the city, this our son is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our words. He is a gluten and a drunkard. Glutony. That's lack of wisdom. When you start eating, when the food is served before you, do you put a nap to your truth sometimes? Because you see, when you begin to suffer from gluttony, you end up expanding. I don't know if you are getting this. And you think you are healthy, but it could be possible that you are not healthy. I don't know if you are getting this. <laughs> you say, Pastor, you mean Jesus talked about that too? I'll let you say it. Go with me with Luke 21, verse 34. You become insensitive when you are suffering from gluttony, spiritually speaking. Luke 21, 34. And take it to yourselves. Lest at any time your heart be overcharged with suffering. That was suffering is gluttony, overfeeding. And of drunkenness and care of this life. And so that that day come upon you what? On a words. He was speaking to his disciples in relation to the destruction of Jerusalem. The word suffering there actually means overfeeding. Jesus is saying, you become insensitive spiritually when you overfeed. 
You are feeding yourself. You become spiritually dull. The last wisdom. Anything you do, it should be temperate. Anything you do, you should be temperate in it. You become heavy. As a case for those eating too much food. And the type of food you eat also. It's important. Let's you destroy your own system. And thinking that you are enjoying life. Huh? This mouth, you see, can literally kill you. As you put everything you see into your mouth, everything. You go to parties, they are offering beer, you collect. They are offering malt, you collect. They are offering mineral, you collect. You combine everything into your system. Say it's enjoyment. You don't know you are destroying yourself. Last wisdom. That is why fasting is very key. If you can't do fasting, try and fast once in a while. So that you can be light in the spirit to hear God. Drunkenness, overfeeding will destroy you. One of the things, you see, <laughs> I remember one of my uncle in those days. <laughs> you go out to work when he comes back. He will say, "Hey, you just sit down in the evening. Uh, go out there, go and cut the nama, cut malu, and bring you. Let's enjoy, you know. They will go and, you know, the people that used to kill this animal, this nama, they know him. So when he sends somebody in quantity, you understand that. And he had gone to labor all through the day in one sitting." They eat up all the money. Enjoyment. He who is glutinous can save. And the last wisdom. Praise the Lord. Is food good? Yes. But it must be temperate for your eating habits. You want to save your life. Praise the living God. You know what we do? We engage in this thing without wisdom. We grow heavy and then the next thing we go to the gym to pay money to reduce ourselves. I don't know if you got what I'm talking about. You enjoy it. Now you're paying to give away the enjoyment. You're paying somebody now in the gym just to bring you down. I don't know if you're following this. That's why you can't prosper. Because your eating habit is dangerous. Praise the Lord. Your eating habit is dangerous. Let's read it from the Abreva translation. Luke 21, 34. Amplify. But take it to yourselves and be on your guard. Lest your heart be overburdened and depressed. Way down with giddiness and headache and nausea of self-indulgence and drunkenness and worldly worries and cares pertaining to the business of this life unless that they come upon you suddenly like a trap on the news. Now what I want you to pick, see the emphasis this one. Take it to yourselves and be on guard lest your heart be overburdened with food. Did you get that? 
with the guiltiness and headache and nausea. You know what that means, isn't it? When you overfeed yourself, you know what happens. I know when I was in school, I read a book. Then I have not. I wasn't a Christian, but the man said, an empty stomach makes the best brain. Largely, I never understood that. But it's true. What it means is, if you feed yourself, how many of you understand? When you feed yourself, blood will be draining to help you digest and you fall asleep. That's why you sleep. Your brain no longer functioning. Everything comes here to help to see how they can digest the food. So the, the, the level, the quantity of food that is in your stomach gets into guiltiness and dizziness. Are you still following what I'm saying here? Wisdom demands that you be temperate in what you eat. Be temperate. Huh? You are not living to eat. I mean, you are not eating to live. You are living to eat. Understand what I'm saying there? Good. You are not eating to say, if I don't eat, I'm going to die. Therefore, I must eat. That's not what you are eating. You are living to eat. You are not eating to live. So, don't let food be the ultimate. In fact, Jeremiah said, I find a word and it becomes a necessary food. If there's any food you must overeat, it has to be the word of God. Not all those tragic ideas. So many of us, we don't even have much food. You know, we, 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 it's morning a bar, afternoon a bar, evening a bar, isn't it? Yeah, if you want to change it, it's bread. I see bread and a bar, they are not the same family. <laughs> and so, when you start going for the bar, you take this one today, and tomorrow you graduate. Next tomorrow you graduate. I get what I'm talking about. And they say, ah, Is it this little tea you are giving to me? I mean, I'm hungry. Yeah. Your stomach is expanding through carbohydrates, so you are going to increase more and more and more. Be temperate. Otherwise, you get headaches. Look at that. Some headaches I will receive, they come from. This situation that we find ourselves. Hallelujah. Mm. When I said that just now, somebody thought it was something. Let me read the scripture for you on that. What gluttony and drunkenness will lead you into is then the word. Proverbs 23, verse 21. Proverbs 23, verse 21. For the drunkard and the gluttony shall come to poverty and drowsiness shall clothe a man with rags. You see that? The glutons, the drunkards, they end up being what? Poor people. That's what the word of God says. And that's the truth. Praise God. For the drunkard and the gluton shall come to poverty and drowsiness shall clothe a man with rags. This is it. That's how we better be careful. God will give us all things we enjoy, yes, but be careful how you enjoy those things. So finally, take Romans 12, Amplified Translation, verse 1 and 2. Message Translation, Romans 12. Read verse 1 and 2. Be able to see what I'm about to say. So here is what I want you to do. God helping you. 
take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Your eating is important to God. Your sleeping is important to God. You're walking around the street is important to God. You're going to walk is important to God. Everything that you are involved in, that's why I say everything which has to do with your ordinary everyday life, place it before God. Amen? As I mentioned to you some time ago, that you see some people in a very dangerous atmosphere, if I may use the word. But they get up from the bed in the morning. They don't look back on the bed. The bed is messed up. They're out. Especially sisters. When they come back, they pull through there. Pull through there. The bed becomes like a dustbin. All manner of things are there. When they want to sleep again, they push. Look at that. Your everyday life. What did he say? Your everyday life, you're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to walk. Place it before God. God like neatness. And God like moderation in whatever thing you do. Are you listening to me? We're talking about wisdom for living. And that's a part of what the scripture is presenting to us. Next week, I'll continue. But I'll have to stop today. But take your everyday life, your everyday life, your ordinary life. God's kingdom is not something supersonic. It's not something in the blues. It's your everyday life that's God's kingdom. Place it before God. Even your smile, place it before God. Praise the Lord. You don't know what your smile could do to other people. You see, hardness of faith is no wisdom. It doesn't make people, you know, respect you or whatever. When your face is always heavy. No, that doesn't make people respect you. Rather, they'll go away from you. So smile is very important. Cheerfulness is very important. Because then you give life to people. People begin you know, to be drawn to you, getting closer to you. You can frown your face all the time. Look at everyday life. Frown your face all the time. And you think when you do that, that people make you see you to be tough somebody. You are not tough. You are not tough. You are just being stupid. It's foolishness. Huh? Why would the scripture be saying rejoice? And I say what? Rejoice. Let people see your teeth. I was taking pictures yesterday. Technical said I should take pictures I'll be using for whatever. And I was taking pictures. And I love what the guy told me. He said, man, your teeth is missing. I said, oh, thank you so much. I got a smile. Life is easy. Be content with what you have. Have moderation in what you do. Praise God, somebody. This is just it. Does it help anybody? Your everyday life. Place it before God. Stand up. I just want us to talk to God very briefly. Let's talk to God very briefly. We're talking about your everyday life, everyday living. <laughs> We're talking about your speech. We're talking about wisdom in speaking to other people. 
We're talking about understanding. By the application of wisdom, you building your home. So ask yourself, in the moment of meditation, how is your speech? How is your speech? How much wisdom do you have? How much wisdom are you living by? When it comes to your everyday life, your everyday life as interact with people as interact with friends and relations talk to me how are your speech gracious so the speech of a wise man are gracious what grace do you find in the things you say the speech of a wise man are gracious. And we are told gracious words came out of the mouth of Jesus. How are your words of any help to people who listen to you? How are your words of strength to people who listen to you? How are your words of any encouragement to people that listen to you. We're just meditating today on this vital thing. We're talking about building a system devoid of anger, devoid of jealousy, biting, gossiping. For all of those things have nothing, no common relationship with wisdom. That's what we say. How is your life? In relation to wisdom, we are talking about wisdom for living, wisdom for living, wisdom for living. Wisdom for living. Solomon became great because of wisdom. And the virtuous woman, her mouth pours forth wisdom. When you speak, can we get wisdom from your languages, from your words? The people you are ruling, the people you are controlling, if I may use the word, who works under you, how much wisdom has been poured out onto them from the things you said. Guide yourself. Let these words come to the place of encouragement to you to change your life. Even when you're angry, apply wisdom. For where spoken cannot be easily taken back. Even if you say you are sorry, those words they are like piercing things in the heart of those that have received it. The wounds are there. The wounds are there for words that have come out of your mouth. The wounds are there. Mind what you say to people. To your wife, to your children, to your husband, to your mother. Mind what you say. For when what's worth goes out of your life, they pierce the heart of your hearers. If they are not worth with wisdom. If they are not gracious to edify. Thank you, my dear Father. Thank you, glorious Lord. Bless you, God, for the life of your children. 
Thank you for this day that you've made. That I receive instruction from you. For your world, a life and spirit. You desire God. Fruit in the inward parts. You desire Holy Spirit of God. That will walk in the light of your light. And I'm asking God. For that transformation in the life of your people. That Lord Jesus, even if they were wounded before, may they be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. Wherever it has been, the wells have caused destruction and obstruction and some stumbling blocks for us to assess light. This day, O oh Lord, we ask that God such sin be removed in the name of Jesus Christ. If the things you have spoken before are standing as barrier before you, it's coming to the place of glory and light. I pray God by the Holy Spirit that you not only be forgiven, but such barriers be taken out of the way in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father God. Heal your people right now. In their soul, may you be healed. In your physical body, may you be healed. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, my dear Father, for your goodwill towards your people. Pray in mighty and everlasting, Father God, that on a daily basis, may we experience more of your presence. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, precious Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.